Our sermon text for today comes from the book of 1 John. 1 John, the fourth chapter, starting in verse 7 through verse 21. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he is in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment, because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the word of God for the people of God. This is a passage where John is telling us about the love of God and that we should live in the love of God. And I want to start in the beginning of it, where it says that he who loves God has been born of God. As I was reading that this week in the Greek, something jumped out at me. The word born in the Greek is a pluperfect. You all know what that means, or should I? Okay, a pluperfect is a word that begins in the past, goes into the present, and continues into the future. We don't have them in English. There is no word that we have in English that acts that way. In Greek, we have a number of them, and in Hebrew. In fact, God's name is a pluperfect. We read it as I am, but the real translation of Yahweh, God's name, is I am what I am and I will be what I will be. In other words, God is the same as he was yesterday, today, and forever. And that's what's happening here when John tells us about being born of God. We are not born when we accept Jesus Christ 
as our Savior into perfection. Just like when we are born human, when we come out of our mother, we're not 25 years old. Better make that 30 years old, because I'm not sure. 25 is completely grown up yet. At least I wasn't at 25. But we have a process of growing. Just like in our human body, we grow and we get bigger. We learn more. We become the person that we are meant to be. And we grow into that person. Why then do we think that when we become a Christian, we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, that's all we need to do. Hey, we're done. No. Unless you, when you became a Christian, automatically became perfect. Anybody here do that? No? Me neither. It is a process. That's one of the things that I love about the theology of John Wesley. John calls it sanctification, the process of becoming perfect, the process of becoming like God. It is a process and a lifelong process. Our goal is to become more and more like Jesus Christ in our lives. And that's what John is saying here in this passage, that we are continually being reborn continually being made over into the people that God calls us to be. And to do that, we must continue to grow into the love of God. I think I need to to explain so that we understand what this love is. Because in English, we really have kind of ruined the word love. How many of you love French fries? You can't love French fries. You can like them. Or you can love potato chips. Chocolate, I'm kind of on the, the fence about whether you can love chocolate or not. But when God talks about love, when God speaks about love in his word, it is perfect love. And that's exactly what this entire passage is about. It's about loving as God loves. Not looking at somebody for the way they look on the outside, for how rich they are, how smart they are, how whatever they are, what they look like physically, whether they're like us or different than us. That's not what God is talking about when he talks about love. When God talks about love, he talks about seeing people as he sees them. And God never looks at people as they are on the outside. You can read through the Bible and you will see story after story after story of how God treats people. And never once does it say God loved them because they were good looking or God loved them because they were rich. Or God loved them for because they were Jewish. God loved people of all nationalities. Anybody who came to God and desired to love God, God loved back. In fact, God loved them first and welcomed all people. That's why he sent Paul and Peter and the apostles to the Gentiles. 
That's why he sent them, so that we would be able to hear the message and be able to understand that God truly loves us no matter what we look like, no matter where we live, no matter about anything in our lives. God loves us because we are his children. And so John says in this passage, if we love God, then God lives in us. And we are reborn on a continual basis and we become more and more like God. And we learn to love other people as God loves them, as God sees them. That's our goal. To see people as God sees them. Because John also says, if we don't love, then we are liars. We have to be very careful in this day and age, because we have so many people telling us it's okay not to like other people for fill in the blank. Maybe they're not in the right political party. Maybe they don't think the same way that we think. Maybe they live in a different place. Maybe they have a different color. Whatever your reason is, if you look at someone else and judge them and say, I don't love you, I don't care about you, I am not interested in anything about you, then how can you call yourself a Christian? Now, that doesn't mean that we go to the other extreme and say, hey, I'll accept anything that you do. No. I love you, but that doesn't mean I have to accept everything you do and say, it's okay with me. It's not okay. We follow God's teachings. That's how we love God. And we don't judge people if they don't follow God's teachings, but we pray for them. We encourage them to do what God has called us to do. We don't accept things that go against the teachings of God. That is not what it means to love God. And how can you love somebody else if you don't even care enough about them to help them get their lives straightened out? It's like your children. If you say, I love my children, but I don't care what they do. I'll let them do whatever they want. You don't love your children. That's not love. Love is teaching your children how to survive in the world. And that means following the rules. It means doing the things that we should do. It means training them up to be good people. That's our job as parents. Now, it doesn't always work out the right way. It doesn't mean because we teach our kids the right things that they're always going to make the right decisions. I mean, just because we always did what our parents taught us, and we always made the right decisions, doesn't mean our kids will. I just hoped and prayed that my son wouldn't make all of the same bad decisions I did. But we strive to teach them. Why in the world, if we say we love our children, would we teach them right from wrong and then say I love the people that are around me but not even care what they do? That's ridiculous. 
That makes no sense. And it certainly is not loving them. It's not being the people of God. We are called to be God's people and to love one another with God's love. Especially in the world today, we must do this. We must look at the people of our world and say, I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you think. I'm going to love you. And that's not always easy. Especially when they're making decisions that go absolutely against what we think. But how is hating them going to help them? How is disliking them going to help them? What I've learned in life is if you hate somebody, most of the time they don't even have the courtesy to realize it. They just go on with their life and they don't even bother to be bothered by the fact that you don't like them. And it tears you apart. And it rips you up. And it destroys you. So hate is a horrible thing. Not necessarily for the other person, but for what it does to you. And the way to get rid of that is to be born over and over into the love of God. And let God's love wash over you and help you to be the people that he's called you to be. To renew and remake you. To make you into that person who is perfect in God's eyes. Because that's our goal. That is our goal as Christians. To become like Jesus Christ. Now look at the stories of Jesus and you will see Jesus didn't look at people the way other people looked at them. The woman at the well had been married five times and was living with a man she wasn't married to. The woman who committed adultery and was brought to Jesus, Jesus forgave. The woman who anointed Jesus' feet with precious oil was a prostitute and he never sent her away. All of the people who Jesus touched were people who weren't perfect. The man in the cemetery who was filled with demons. And Jesus cast the demons out and renewed the man. When everybody else in that whole society didn't want anything to do with him. God touches people's lives and he changes them with his love. Not because he's perfect. Because they're perfect. Not because they're perfect. Because he's perfect. I got a shock here a number of years ago. I'm, how many of you saw the movie Machine Gun Preacher? Or heard that? I went to school with him. We were, went to the same high school. I was shocked. Even in high school, Sam was not an upstanding citizen. He was one of those guys that was always on the wrong side of things. And ended up 
becoming a Christian. Married a stripper. They became Christians together. And he went to Africa and started a mission with children. And he saved many, many children. He may not have done it in the way we would have done it, but he did God's work. And I had to think about that for a while because, you know, God touched him. In high school, I'm not sure he would have been real welcome in our youth group. In fact, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have been. That's because we were wrong. We need to look at people and see what God sees. Sees the potential that God sees because God saw potential in us. And he was willing to send his son to die that we may be his people, that we may be born of his love. Seek to be reborn every day in the love of God in a greater way. Seek to be God's people. For if we are God's people, then God lives in us and others will see God. Amen.